0: Hey there, welcome to the League Life Lockdown, the League Life. I don't know what we're calling this podcast anymore, but it's with Brooksy and Shanaz. I'm Shanaz. Brooksy's on the other end of this very convoluted phone line. Brooksy, how are you going?
1: Yeah, good, mate. I think, like, having your own podcast, you can call it whatever you want, change it up a little bit. Yeah, I like it. But use L words, I think. Lockdown, League Life. Love. Any combination of those. Sorry, mate. Love, yeah. League Love. <laughs> Speaking what's happening hey, with you. Whoa. Hey, whoa. All the want start. <laughs> yeah.
0: Speaking of league love, uh, our beloved game could be back in a matter of four weeks, we're hoping. May 28th. Yeah. There's a lot of TBC yeah. there, as we know. Brooksy, how has your week been? You've been doing a bit of Fox League Live work.
1: Yeah, loving Fox League Live. There you go. Another L word. Um, Yeah, been doing the shows on uh, Thursday to Sunday. There's a few of us in there um, producing them. And yeah, it's been fun, mate. We're starting to get a bit of a rhythm. Move to a different time slot. Uh, Yeah, it's been good. Cool. Uh, Some interesting guests along the way. Uh, The the Maddie show on the Sunday is pretty fun to work on. Um, Just digging up some stuff from the 2005 Grand Final. All right. And. On the in the Jersey flag final that year, I was in Canada that year, Shnaz, so I had no recollection of the coverage from that game uh, from that season. But uh, Channel Nine got Reg Reagan to do the <laughs> sideline for for the Jersey flag final between Power and the Dragons. Um, interesting. It was very uh, interesting. Weather reports uh, the shed report at halftime.
0: I'm sure. It, I'm sure it hasn't dated at all
1: no not at all um there was remember do you remember a kid called josh lewis
0: yeah played I'll for buy. the
1: dragons yeah, yeah, yeah he was having a cracking game and they crossed down to reg and reg was like oh i played with josh's dad wally back in the day and he started <laughs> describing like wally's uh, uh characteristics with a mount franklin bottle as a football oh boy and he was shaping up the kick and doing steps on the sideline uh, It was pretty funny like going back and looking over that stuff and that's what What's been the fun thing about working on the show, Is trying to find old stuff. Do um, you remember those highlight shows from the 90s that were on Channel 10 with um, David Morrow and yeah. Maurice and Graham Hughes? Yeah. Yeah, there's been some hilarious stuff from those shows, like digging up some absolute <laughs> hilarious features like Shane Dye. I your,
0: saw um, that one. I saw that. I didn't um, realize he was a shark
1: a massive Sharks fan, and he was at the slipper. That was tragic. And he was he could, had one eye on the Sharkies Raiders <laughs> game, and um, ET scored under the post. Yeah. He's like, oh,
0: Andrew, Andrew's done it. <laughs> he's, he's gone. And
1: then Alan Wilson had the goal, like the conversion from in front. He's like, oh, he's going to hear about it if he misses this one. Like, it's over, straight over the black dot. Sharkies win. It was, it was a, so good. It was a
0: different era, Brooksy.
1: Oh, it was amazing. And then, like, yeah, there's just been some other funny ones along the way. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun working on it, long now, story
0: short. Speaking of uh, innovation in sport, let's go with the lighter rugby league subject for the moment. We'll get to something heavier in a minute. But coaches yeah. mic'd up. I'm hearing it's going to be a thing in 2020. Tell me what you know. Yeah, there was a bit of a
1: chat uh, article. Michael Shamus, the SMH, saying that as a trade-off with what's going on, there could be a bit of leniency with regards to coaches being mic'd up uh, during games, uh, giving them giving uh, broadcasters access into the sheds, pre-game, halftime, post. Potentially, uh, we already do get a bit of post-match access, which is good. We get interviews, we get the get the team songs. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's definitely something that we see across the board in the US uh, with players as well being mic'd up during games. Uh, I, I remember being over there recently and watching a Seahawks um, a Seahawks Niners game, and Bobby Wagner was mic'd up for it. It was awesome. It was really good. And it sort of, you know, we've we've tried to do some things with the nines and the World Nines, and uh, even just at the trials down in Bega at Para and Penrith, we had. Um, Brad Arthur and, Nathan, uh, and Ivan Cleary on headsets. We had Brad Arthur behind the goals. Remember that, schnaz? We were I do. Standing up over the fence. I do. And he had the headsets on, and yeah, it's good. Like there's um there's potential there, and I understand the access that um we could be we could be getting a little too much, but mate, it's going to be great if they uh, sign off on it. What what are your thoughts on it?
0: I made my thoughts very clear on Twitter, and I'll make them very clear here now. There's only one coach that I want to see, and I want it to be his own daily show, all right, weekly show, and that is Craig Bellamy. The man is personality personified. You and I love him. We've talked about it on this show before. We fascinate over this guy. Is that a word? We fascinate. We we are fascinated over this guy. Not just the blow-ups. I facials. think that's a,
1: Isn't that a thing you wear at the races? I think Shane yes. Dyer
0: had one on after the Sharks one. Um, <laughs> His wife did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would love to see him mic'd up and a camera in there. But there are yeah. a number of guys. I mean, I, I think that um, Brad Arthur would be pretty good. You just mentioned him before. I think he's a bit of a character.
1: Yeah, he the, he the Eels did a bit of a feature on him uh, last season at one of the home games and. Had a camera and a mic in there and it was edited down like throughout the game. Just a bit of uh, feedback. I think it was the Manly game late in the season. It was really good. And that's the sort of stuff. I, it's great to see some teams doing that. We'd love to have that access. I yeah. understand there's a bit of stuff that goes on that might not be... Um, they might not be open to it being aired, but yeah how- I, I, just think, I just think the more access, the better like in terms of getting to know the players and the coaches and getting their image and, and profiles out there.
0: How would it work, brooksy, would they be on some sort of delay or would you just throw to them or how does it, how would it work from a tech point of view?
1: So I think that what we would do and what we've done in the past with similar sort of setups is that uh, players would either wear a mic vest or coaches would wear headsets or whatever. It would come into the production uh, truck or production room. Uh, One of our tape operators would have the vision of that camera that's on them um, synced into an audio uh, connection. And from there, they can cut packages that we can use either throughout the game or post-game. But right. uh, gen- generally, we use discretion. Like, as a producer, you'll be like, look, don't don't make... If they're swearing throughout and it's general ch- chat, we won't air it. Um, but, yeah, like, we want to mostly provide insight as to what's going on in the game and, uh, you know, big calls, you know, if there's a substitution um, and that player goes on and does something well, we want to see that uh, yep. as soon as possible. That's the sort of stuff we want to see. We want the fans to sort of know what was going through the minds of the coaches and substitutions were happening, or even just plays. It's amazing you hear on the sideline when you're down there with our commentator shtard. just hearing assistant coaches, players mm. yelling out at the at the players on the field. I remember there was one game, Canberra, Canterbury, and the Can- uh, the Canterbury assistant coach. Um, they, I can't remember his name, but he was yelling at Four like remember Foreign loves playing short side. Yeah, and he was just like trying to like just let like just go. Foz, short, 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 like just drilling into them, just attacking that short side. It was great to hear that sort of stuff on the sideline. And I'm sure people who aren't privy to that sort of access would love to sort of get um, get that access, I guess, to what's going on down on the sideline, particularly if there's no fans attending the games.
0: Yeah. So there's nothing really for the coaches or clubs to worry about in the sense that Fox and Nine would probably either declare or sign something even legally saying, we're not going to make you guys look foolish and we're not going to give away any secrets. We're looking for the emotion. We're looking for something funny. Uh, you reached out to a few people on Twitter, Brooksy about who they wanted to hear from and see in the coaches box. What can you tell me about the reactions we got?
1: Yeah, there's some interesting names there, Shnaz. Um... Filthy Phil Pryor, who we know. Uh, he, he Absolutely filthy. And, the filthiest of <laughs> films. Love you, Phil. Robbo and Bellamy for the right reasons. Yeah. But then Mary McGregor with the third. So, sorry, let me let me go and start again. I sure. said, who would be your top three coaches to be mic'd up during a game? And he said Robo and Bellamy for the right reasons. Obviously, a bit of um, analysis and, and getting to know them. Yep. Amazing coaches, like you said, about uh, Bellioke. And then Paul McGregor with my third pick, just to find out what's going on up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Moving uh, on. And I, there's, uh, there's some obvious ones, but I reckon Kearney would be the most interesting. This yeah. one's at Warra Steelers. Oh, boy. And his name's Ill. So, oh, okay. love it. Love it. Great yeah. account. Follow it. Um, but I reckon Kearney would be the most interesting. Would be good to know what is in the game plan and what isn't, and seeing the brain explosions. <laughs> That's not bad.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Trent from your department has gone Mary, Kearney, and Wayne. First two would be interesting as they're in the hot seat and their sides need to turn it around. Wayne, because it's Wayne.
0: Yeah, Wayne would be interesting. He wouldn't be saying a lot, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. But it would, be, no, it, would, it, would, it would count when he but says it'd something. Would be quality? Yeah.
1: You're it's quality, not quantity. Yeah, you probably got good stuff all the time. Um, you might Sully, also,
0: you might also have a bit of a feed, a bit of a spill from his mic onto his assistant coach's mic as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: <laughs> Sully, Sully said Belly, Des, Robo, Des yeah, nice. Hasler. Yeah, but I, it was funny when we were going through some old vision. Remember the old show, the League Lounge, on Fox. Loved on a it. Sunday yeah, night loved around Twenty eleven. Yeah. Um. Brent Cow was on it, and he yeah. did the Desi impersonations with Amazing. the two headphones. Amazing! Oh, it was so good. Yeah, there was some great shots and um, some Desi blow-ups from that <laughs> season, yelling at tubes down on the sideline, and oh, so it was good. Um, yeah, there was. There's Madge is in another one from Daniel Watson Hayes on the basis of blow-ups and sheer animation in the yeah. coach's box. Bellamy yeah. Stewart Maguire. Ricky. Yeah, it's got to be one. You know.
0: That's a good trio right there.
1: Gotta consider. But yeah, it's pretty much the same names coming through, mm-hmm. like your animated so you're getting the animated guys, mm-hmm. you're getting um you're getting Mary and um Kearney just because of the whole situation their teams are in. Someone said Tubes. Well Yeah, I know he's not coaching anymore, but an honorable mention of whoever <laughs> the current <Tons> coach is. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see at what point they just give up each <laughs> way. <laughs>
0: I believe I believe in the first round this this year. Can you remember do, you know, do you know who they played the Titans? They played someone and lost. And, uh, so,
1: um they had Canberra in uh, week one and yeah. para week two where they got hammered. There was a,
0: a shot of the coach about twenty minutes into the first game, I think it was, and he looked like he was done already. It wasn't wasn't good viewing. <laughs> Justin Holbrook he yeah. was done.
1: Yeah, had a a couple of people say O'Brien, Yeah, Um, the Knights' new coach, has had a great start. Uh, Bellamy Hasler-Stewart, Desi ripped a door off. (laughs) He did. He did do that. Yeah, that would have been amazing to have some uh, mics in that. And, And the urban legend is he got the door loosened at halftime. That Do you make... believe it, or does he just, uh, uh, just uh, ribbon down doors? No, I, bu- the, I, I believe it.
0: I believe that, actually. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But let's yeah, hope that's, it happens. Let's hope it comes that's through. That's the gist.
1: I think, yeah. Hopefully, it'll come through and we get a few more players doing it as well.
0: Now, let's move on to something a little bit more serious and a little bit more social, and that is uh, the Fox at Ocar and Latrell yep. Mitchell busted for, well, not... Not uh, living their life socially distancing, as well as p- potential firearm yep. issues. Uh, yeah. w- what's going on there? Tell me what was your. Tell me your thoughts,
1: mate. It, it's a tough one, but I'm, I'm gonna put it out there, man. Like we're trying to get the season up and running. We've yep. got team coming over from New Zealand, getting signed off special consideration to come over and play NRL games, and we've got some players just not adhering to some of the rules and regulations that have been put in place for Australians. Uh, to be able to play the competition schnaz is one thing, like in this moment, but to then not sort of show that the respect by adhering to the rules five weeks prior to potentially the season starting, mm. I, I, I just can't agree with anything about it. Um, I Look, we try our best to do, you know, going to and from work, uh, for the people that are working at the moment. Mm. There's a lot of people that have stood down. There's a lot of people who have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. There's people in the industry that have been stood down and lost their jobs in particular that work in the NRL. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, I, 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 I hate to say it, but it's a bit of a kick in, kick in the, the test of cars for those people because yeah. like, they're not really adhering to it. Like yeah. we've seen Nathan Cleary with a bevy of ladies on Anzac Day like today and allowing the, the look, it's one Hold thing, up, hold habit, up, hold up. What's that? I, I don't know about that. Oh, you haven't heard. There's a, there's been a photo that's come out today, schnaz of Nathan Cleary on the Anzac day where some girls came over to his place uninvited, and they posted a photo on his couch. There's at least four of them in the photo schnaz. Um, <laughs> and he's basically the Hugh Hefner of <laughs> And he's, he's on the couch with what? these girls wow. and he's, he's allowed it to be a hey, he's done that yeah. and yeah he came out. I think he came out and said that, um, you know, it was, they were uninvited. They'd come over. It wasn't something that was planned, right? but to allow it to go on social media as well. Like no, then the aware, non-awareness of <laughs> it's just allowing like the girls to take the photo and then
0: post so it what, is ridiculous. What you're telling me is, there's more than three people in the NRL who are doing this, is what you're telling me.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, there will, what can we say, mate? Do you, do you reckon there's more? I reckon there's um, more. Situations that are going, and this is, this is a very, very well, big moment. In, we're five weeks out, Schnaz. If if yes, you, the if numbers you, are decreasing.
0: If you look at the people, and I'm going to pick on two areas, the eastern suburbs and the Sutherland Shire, uh, numerous beaches and areas, the Esplanade was shut down in the yep. last four or five days because there were too many people crowding around, too many people in the one place. And you saw a mixture of uh, responses from those people why they should be allowed to do it and all this sort of thing. I'm telling you, and I'm not picking on the NRL here, but there's more than three guys who are doing this. I'm, so, sure, nice. I'm sure there's a whole bunch who aren't. I should point that out. There's a whole yeah. bunch who are yeah, yeah, doing definitely. their best. Uh, I spoke to one last week, the great Chad Townsend. He's doing his best not to do anything wrong. But yeah, it's. He's um, living
1: in the digital world, Schnaz. He's he all is. over the pods, the VODs, the, the, the YouTubes, the he Facebooks, the MySpaces. Chad's everywhere, man. He's good. He's doing it all digitally. Yeah. But hey, Schnaz, just before we go, as. Breaking news for the pod. Okay. Um, here's some of the sanctions the NRL has brought down on the four players involved. So, Latrell Mitchell is getting a $50,000 fine, mm-hmm. 60% suspended for the remainder of the season. He'll mm-hmm. get a one-match suspension, wow. and that's suspended for the remainder of the season. Josh addo Carr the exact same penalties, 50000 and one-match suspension. Tyrone Roberts-Davis, who's with the Knights at the moment, mm-hmm. he's going to get a $10,000 fine and a one-match suspension. Nathan Cleary, oh $10,000 fine, one-match suspension.
0: And is that All the next... All four
1: players have five days to respond to the breach notices before a final determination is made.
0: Is that the next game they're going to play? They're they're not they're suspended, is that what we're saying?
1: Yeah, pretty much, mate. Like, yeah, yeah suspended yeah. for the remaining... Yeah. yeah, so it, it, it just, I think... This That's is good. Just the initial. That's um, good. Yeah. I, I. I honestly like this is they've got to come out and do something to show yeah. the other players like this will not be tolerated whilst yep. they're trying to get this season up and running. But yeah, I just I, and just some of the 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 reasoning behind it. It's just like yeah, yeah. It's all well and good, but it's bigger yeah. than that, guys. Yeah. It's bigger. It's bigger than so much and. This is a this is a key moment. You guys are on fairly good money, Mitchell oh, yeah. Mitchell and Josh Carr. Yeah, of course. A lot are. of that money is going to be like if the season doesn't go ahead, those salaries are going to come down very very heavily yeah. in future seasons for them. They need to make sure that they can get as as much um, as much of a normal season as possible. Yeah. So that the players can get wages that they're that they've been earning in past seasons. This sort of behaviour, it's just not... They're different. And I know there's people that are siding with them in terms of being, you know, it's being very heavy-handed. But these guys are, are massive players in a in a global league. Like, in, in a league that is yeah. televised in the UK, in New Zealand, in the Pacific, in certain parts of America. Like, it's not every game, but... You know, there's money that's filtering through. There's sponsors, there's teams, there's us, there's there's club employees. There's so many people that are just frothing for a season to come back.
0: There's two sides that I look at, it, Brooksy. The one you've just laid out very intelligently, which is there's a whole lot of people counting on this, from you and I to their teammates to the fans. uh, Yeah. And any wrong turn can seriously, you know, put this off the tracks. If if yeah. if Nathan Cleary gets it and gives it to his grandmother or whatever, then yeah. you're probably it's, not going to have any NRL. The government will just exactly. say, mm, I don't think so. The yeah. other side I look at is we're all just human beings. You know, Josh is faster than me as a runner, but he and I, you know, we're oh, the same. just. <laughs> we're just. We're, we're, the, we're the same. I've seen
1: you down the hallway. What, yeah. cake day on a
0: Wednesday at Fox? I do like my cake. We're, we're just <laughs> human beings trying to live this life, right? And he yeah. and his mates have gone out and done all, this, all these things, whereas I am and you and whoever else are staying in their house and trying to live the way that we're being told for the right reasons. And they've been fined yeah. $1,000 by the cops, and there's a bit of shaming going on, that kind of stuff. So there's punishment. But I look at it both ways. I look at it the fact that, you know what, just you should be doing what everyone else is doing. And you're right, they are superstars, and it's magnified by a million. What did you think about... I thought there was a bit too much talk in the press about and on social media about, um, in inverted commas, the race card being played. I thought that was a bit bit tacky, because I know that they kind of went there, but I didn't think they did enough in those statements to kind of have the shock that all the people kind of went, oh, they're playing the race card, you can't just do it when you want. I... I felt like that was just people just wanting to bring race into it in a way.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to go there. It's, no. you know, what it, it, it's them just socializing. It doesn't matter about yeah. the reasons. But, and I, I don't think people needed to go there in a sense to sort of go, hey, wait a second. Yeah. Like, no, it just, it it shouldn't be what they're doing. It For whatever reason, if yeah. it was another group of players down the south coast or up in Newcastle or up in townsville doing something similar with their mates it still wouldn't be condoned I, I i don't know i just i just don't think i just don't think it should be brought up that that's a that that's part of it, it they should have just owned they should have just it
0: the problem they should have it. the problem was they brought it up so i'm, I'm not saying that people aren't allowed to yeah. talk about it because they brought it up but i felt like the way they brought it up was nowhere near as controversial or as bad as what people were making out uh, I think yeah. it was Josh who said some of his relatives were going through a tough time, yeah. and I think he used the word something like "we wanted to go back to the land and and feel yeah. more at home" or whatever. It's like, well, you can't deny someone their their history. Like that's just that's their background. Your background is the Gold Coast, by the South Coast, or whatever, and mine is whatever. But uh, that's theirs, and they spoke about it, but. I thought that was a little bit tacky from a lot of media outlets and a lot of people on social media, but that's just my opinion on that.
1: I I just think the, the, the thing for me about it too, Shaz is if, if you're going to do stuff like that too, like if Nathan wants to go and, um, you know, bring friends over and stuff, or, you know, these guys want to go and, and hang out with their mates and hang out with their relatives and, and, and help each other out in a tough time. Look, whether it's right or wrong, don't effing post it on yeah. social media. That's, yeah. the, that's a problem here too. Yeah, Like don't go around showing people because, A, people have different standards in terms of what they're doing right now. And then as soon as you post something like that, you're telling people what you're doing. If it's something that means a lot to you and the people that you're with, the 12 people that went on that trip, then why is there a need to post it? Why is there then Like you're showing uh, people with the, the C word on their bike. That you got, yeah, giving people ammunition to mm. say how bad it is mm. when really they could have just done it, not filmed anything, had that memory get yeah. I'm not telling them what to do. Like, yeah. sorry, I, I don't want to tell them what to do in that regard. Yeah, But there was a better way to go about it. And if it, you know, if it was that, I wouldn't I if that's the reason. Like, if I'm going with mates and we're, you know, a few of my mates are having a tough time yeah. and we want to get together during this time, there's a good chance, and we haven't done that, yeah. but there's a good chance I'm not posting anything on social media because I don't want people to know about it. Because I yeah. don't want the guys, I don't want other people to know that they're having tough times and that's why we're getting together. We're good mates. We just get together because we want to get together in this tough time. And, and yes, the, the risk involved in like hanging out with different people is just it, it just allows the virus to grow. And whether we're having a good we're having a good moment or not, yeah. Yeah. like we just got to cut it. We just got to cut it down. And that's the whole premise of this whole why it's blown up, because the NRL is trying to limit as much risk as possible to infect players, coaches, all the people involved with the day to day operations of of having games up and running. And this is like, this is an issue because there's more people getting involved in Nathan Cleary's respect and the and the guys up the coast.
0: I'm sure it'll be made public as soon as it's all official, but I was talking to a certain media manager at, uh, at a local club, shall we say, yesterday, and he was um, going through with me off the record, <laughs> a bunch of the requirements that just came through, we just said, oh, look at this. and." And it was to do with with uh, isolating and, 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 and medical reports and medical updates and medical yeah. checks. And it is uh, extraordinary what the NRL and the government want these guys to go through, as well as like officials and admin and everyone else. I'm going to tell you, Brooksy, yeah. it's going to be a miracle if we get through the whole season without someone getting it. And I touch wood and I hope it's, you know, but the lengths that these guys will have to go to and stick to, and we're not even starting yeah. and we've already got four, four guys who have broken the rules. So I don't yeah. know, man, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, an interesting season. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. You could, you sort of got that
1: when, when the whole bubble and the whole, like, <laughs> let's, let's take it to tang, like take everyone to Tangalooma Island or up to, up to Gladstone or wherever it was, you just, you know, you had your sort of moments where it's like, oh, surely something's going to happen. There's, what, how many guys in the NRL? 30, like 30-man 30 squads for 16 teams. 480, I think, Schnaz, off the top of my head. Like, you know, you're bound to get a couple of these scenarios going through. Not that I'm condoning it, but you are, right? Like Yeah, I
0: understand that completely. Like, I understand some of what <laughs> may happen. I don't really think that the ones we've used for examples should have happened, but I can see other ones. Like, you know, we, we talked about it. I think on one of the other episodes, the, the guy who escapes isolation to go meet the girl or whatever, you know, like people are human and people are going to make mistakes and they're going to be costly. But the ones we've seen so far, like Cleary letting in uninvited girls into his house, like, again, I can understand it, but it's like, a don't do it. And B don't take a picture of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to have a look at the photo, Shaz. You'll, um, I'll, I'll go yeah. look at it.
0: I'll go look at it. I can't wait, yeah. actually. I think uh, a certain colleague of mine is actually sending it to me right now. Enjoy. <laughs> Let's move on yes. to something that you're very, very passionate about.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And that is the...
1: Atgard 66 North Carolina. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: The Netflix yeah. slash ESPN... Uh, documentary series the last dance we watched episodes three and four last night with the heavy feature on dennis rodman and the and phil jackson and phil jackson and the detroit pistons kind of era as well of of course yeah the bulls and michael jordan uh, i thought it was fantastic yeah. again very informative as someone who's not over all that history really good insight into yeah. dennis rodman i mean you they they yeah. sort of talk about it during the episode saying you know, people pigeonhole me. People assume I'm this, assume I'm that. They don't know me. And he was right. Like, we don't really know him. Okay, he's crazy and he's he's off the hook and all that sort of stuff. A, he's a brilliant, I didn't realize, one of the best defensive rebound guys in the history of the game. And also, yeah. he's a real wallflower, man. Like, he's 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 got a lot of depth to him that, that I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, there's – I think – just
1: before the um, last dance came out, I think it was about six to twelve months ago, late last year. There was a Dennis Rodman thirty for thirty, for the better or worse. Yeah, and it like what, what you saw on the last dance is is spread out massively in terms of his career growing up at the at the Pistons, at the Spurs, at the Bulls. Yeah. His relationship with um, Madonna. Um, that was that. You went into a bit more depth there, but it was a nice little, nice little set, like um, cross section of him, mm. and also the Carmen Electra relationship. I thought that was <laughs> that was hilarious. The sort of um, when Scotty came back, and um, and Dennis like he didn't really fit in because he was lo- he loved being Jordan's boy, yeah. And then when um, and Scotty came back, it was like he's got shunned back. Yeah. And he was like, I need a holiday to take care of it all and he ended up on like a six eight bender in Vegas with Carmen Electra. Yeah. It's just like it's so good. It was it's told amazing. Like, it was
0: told so well with with Jordan and yeah. we we want you to go watch it if you haven't watched it. But Jordan basically yeah. telling the coach, if you let this guy go for forty eight hours he's not, he's not gonna come he's back. Coming back. <laughs> and the coach the coach the coach showed a lot of trust. He went, No you go and he didn't come back, obviously. Yeah. And they, they had an interview with um with Carmen Electra, who was really, really cool. She was really open about things. And uh, yeah. I I wanted to talk to you, Brooksy, about the transformation of Rodman from college th- through to when he went to Detroit. At college, he was a pretty, invert, inverted commas, normal guy. Like, he looked pretty normal. He acted pretty normal, from what I could tell. yeah. yeah. And... And don't get me wrong, at any point in your life, obviously, you can wig out and find yourself or, or experiment or do whatever. But it seemed like when he became the tough guy at Detroit, uh, his life and his lifestyle changed with the piercings and was, the coloured hair and everything else. Yeah. Well, he had – like in the doc, in
1: his documentary, it goes into a lot of detail about how he grew up and um, when he was at high school and college – and how there was a family that sort of looked after him um, and helped helped him to assimilate in the high school and, and college and they had like a young son and he was really good friends with their with this with this kid and it there wasn't anything suspicious or anything about it he just like he just really connected with this young guy and you and you saw it when um, i think he was talking about how he when he when he was on the Barbara Walters interview yeah. He's like I'm just acting out like a 10-year-old. Oh, okay. Like you get that vibe like he's very very childish and not not maturity-wise, but just the way he wanted to act and how yeah. he is. He said something and,
0: like like I felt like a 10-year-old boy, equivalent to I don't want to yeah. grow up
1: basically. Yeah, and that's what you sort of got that vibe in the documentary before he went to the Pistons. But the big thing for him, and it didn't really touch on it in the um, last dance, but it did in the documentary, is that when he left Detroit, that's when he he lost all the um, structure. So Chuck Daly was the coach of the Pistons throughout their era, and then they let him go. And... So Rodman sort of that's where you remember you saw that snippet of him in the car park with the shoddy in the at the stadium. Like he sort of started losing it that last season of um, Detroit, and he you know he was a bit of a he was a bit of an interesting character throughout his career in Detroit. But that last season, just before he got traded to the Spurs, is when he started like sort of having tough time. And then when he went to the Spurs and he was with Madonna. She sort of opened up his eyes to just being himself, and Mm. and you know getting that out. Like Mm. the piercings came, the color, the hair color came, the the crazy jackets, the, the lifestyle started coming out in Rodman because that's what he wanted to, who he wanted to be. And it's just he's just an amazing player and an amazing sort of profile to analyze. Like throughout and. You know that Jordan said it like he's like he was so pivotal in their in their run for those three championships the second lot of the three championships
0: sorry I mean he's just a great teammate and yeah his role was unbelievable so physical yeah and I believe people did say he was the he is the best in that position historically is that close to true
1: uh not so I I don't think so much that position but the like defensively, like what he could do. Yeah, just he's one of the best rebounders in NBA history. Yeah. No okay. doubt. Okay, yeah. And he but but you saw in that uh first conference finals where the the migraine game for Scotty yeah. and just seeing how he defended, it was like he he was just amazing on ball defender as well for someone his size. He I grew think- r- grew pretty late, but um yeah, he was just an, an amazing talent like and, and you saw the story with Jordan when they were doing the laps and stuff, and he just like <laughs> it took him four laps to catch to catch up to him, and he just got back from the bender. We
0: we yeah, we spoke about last week about how Jordan will be seen throughout this series and afterwards. Yeah, a, a new a new side to him that guys like you or a hardcore knew about, but guys like me didn't, and that's a harder yeah. edge to him. And I think it'll be the same with everyone, obviously, in this show. But a guy like Rodman. I think overnight has, has just changed a lot of people's minds about him. Because in my head, he was like, oh, yeah, he was the guy who was always in the news. He was always doing something. His hair and the, yeah. the lip piercing and everything.
1: The book signing in the wedding dress. You remember that in New York where he was? The wedding was dress. amazing. Yeah, but yeah. but now,
0: now, above all that, he's, he's just this really physical player who'd do anything for his team. Tell me about yeah. Detroit. I had no idea about this. Their reputation basically is like a more talented version of the Sharks in the early 2010s where they would just tackle everything that moved. Uh, yeah. they, they basically just played so physical that they beat you out of the game. Yeah, so they were sort of
1: stuck. Like when you look back in history, they were sort of stuck in between some really good eras. You, you had the Lakers and the Celtics that sort of preceded them and then the Lakers sort of continued on um, throughout that they played against them obviously in in, uh nba finals and then you had the bulls after them but they sort of isaiah thomas admits it like they weren't necessarily the the most skillful team but they they had physicality they had bill and rick mahorn john sally dennis Mm. rodman all guys are just hustled and and played overs in terms of their talent they had joe dumas and isaiah thomas their backcourt was awesome they had Guys like uh, Mark Aguirre and Vinnie Johnson who were guys that they could come off the bench or veterans that they brought into the side over that, that four-year period where they were contenders and they ended up winning two uh, NBA titles. But I, I, look, I was never really a fan of the bad boys. Like I love, like I love the physicality and stuff that they brought. I was never really a big fan. And it really, I, I think that, um, that came to the fore when they got swept by the Bulls. And did the walk off uh, with about eight seconds left in the game, where the so basically all the starters had been subbed off. Yeah, the, and it was out the the game was out of uh, reach for the Pistons. So uh, you can sort of see Lambier go to Thomas and go, "Let's get the f out of here." Yeah, and they start walking off before the game was called. And Isaiah sort of recalls it happening to them when the Celtics lost to, to them, like they were enjoying their first, like they finally knocked over the Celtics and Larry and McHale left the court.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like Jordan the previous two years went and congratulated them when they'd beaten the Bulls in the conference finals and wished them good luck. And the whole Isaiah Thomas thing about this situation is just bullshit. Like it's just own just just own it. He does somewhat own it now, but he's still in the documentary and he was on first take this morning, still making excuses up about it. <laughs> it's just like it's it's disgraceful. Like you just you're lost, you got swept, give him kudos. Yeah. Like at the time, you're grown men, you're professional athletes, but he they chose that path, they walked away. And that was a that's a thing that they'll always like they'll be known for that and the documentary highlights it. I just think so far what we've seen from the first four episodes, like Jordan's, the, the Jordan, what we've seen of Jordan is very good. Like you, you see the ultimate superstar, yep. the ultimate professional. Yeah, he, he's chippy with his teammates and stuff, but and also with Jerry Krause, like he, with management and stuff. But he's, you know, there's a reason why they won six titles. Like he's just just an amazing athlete. Some of and those,
0: yeah, some of those, um slow-mo shots they have. I, I can't really recite the games for you, but there was one last night where yeah. he kind of, kind of moves towards a hoop. He, it's almost like a show-and-go. He does like a 180 and flips it over his back. That was against
1: Detroit, Bill Lambier. Yeah, yeah, he's running out of him like, and it's a give and go and he does the spin. And that was
0: ridiculous. Red. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of... So far over the four episodes, there's been, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 shots like that that they really give you slow-mo and great angles and they're things that i've never seen in my life i don't think if i have i've i haven't followed it i've forgotten about it or whatever i've seen them once live but um just looking back just remarkable like just you know game changing way of playing yeah and so influential and i I always like i sort of sit back and think of guys like you in particular who are just frothing over this series (laughs) and over the sport and I can just see you like just watching that in slow-mo. I can see you trying that down at the court. It's just it's, – it's really fascinating uh, to watch. It really is.
1: And that was – like that was a luresh, Naz, as like a 10-year-old watching the NBA, like something that I'd never had the opportunity to sort sort of see before. Like I was a ma- massive league fan as a kid, grandma bringing me into the New South Wales rugby league realm. 92, end up at um, high school. We're collecting – upper deck basketball cards. And we start watching Billy Woods on a Saturday morning with the <laughs> game of the week and NBA action. And you just see these guys, you just see like Jordan and and, and Shaq and Ewing and Kemp and Peyton and all these guys, that 90s era, Alonzo Mourning. Like they're just amazing athletes. And yeah. that was, that's where the love for me started watching these guys just do this crazy stuff, like watching, NBA jam session and Michael Jordan um, airtime and playground like the VHS tapes and you just see this athleticism all the, the mixtape of his highlights throughout his career and we're you know we're just scratching the surface now but yeah fuck it's so
0: good there was a there was a a voiceover last night describing one of the seasons I don't know which one you'll know where they recited every accolade he won and so he won Player of the Year. He won attacking player of the year. He won defensive player of the year as well.
1: Yeah, it was Doug Doug Collins who was the coach uh, before Phil Jackson, so he was there for three seasons. And his, you, you know, he he openly admits like it was just get the ball to Jordan yeah. sort of time. Yeah, remember he says at the press he conference. The press, yeah. oh, he's like, yeah. get the ball to MJ and get the F out of there. Yeah, um, but yeah, he, you should like his numbers in those seasons. Like. He, I was looking over some of his numbers last night, and I think he had a season where it was thirty-five point six boards, six um, assists a game, three, nearly three steals as well. So he yeah. was like MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. He won the Dunk Comp. Yeah, like he just he, yeah. he had it all. Yeah. Like he's scoring leader. Like he was just that was an amazing time. But they weren't successful, and hence why they sort of made the move to go to Phil Jackson and implement the triangle offense. And that was where the, you know can't just all go through Jordan; it's got to be shared around. And subsequently, they started getting a bit more success on the court. I also yeah. have,
0: I have a bit of a laugh when I see they go for the huddle, and I see shots of a very white-looking Luke Longley in the background. <laughs> <laughs> know,
1: he's, he's, he's such an interesting cameo. Like, and there was Chris Anstey. Did you see when um and when uh, Rodman gets into a tangle, and it's a Mavericks. I, I think he's playing for. The Bulls, and there's a Mavericks player in there. It's Chris Anstey. Yeah, right. Um, another Aussie, that, and he ended up at the Chicago Bulls okay. um, shortly after this era. So, yeah, he, there's a few little Aussie cameos in there.
0: So, there's six more episodes, three more weeks, which is fantastic. We'll, That's it, man. We'll come back and wrap more next week. But you wanted to discuss a very good show, yeah, which I'm yet, I'm yet to watch the second season, yeah. which you've watched. And that is the show Afterlife on the Netflix, which the first season was just brilliant. I've read a few yeah. things about how brilliant this one is too, and I can't wait. So just talk about it, but no spoilers, but talk about it.
1: Mate, it's just it's just amazing when you watch it and you've got Ricky Gervais, one of the most talented comedians, as, as the main actor, mm. and you totally forget it's Ricky Gervais. And it's just this totally different... Persona that he's playing, it's yeah. it's he's amazing in it, Schnez, you know, and all the characters in and around it's a real, it it brings you down emotionally, but it's yeah. a real feel good sort of show. And as you know from watching season one, and I I watched it in two nights. There's only, I think there's only six eps, six yeah. like half hour eps. Yeah. Um. So it's an easy one to sort of get through over a night or two. But goddamn, it was it
0: pulled the heartstrings. That's for yeah. sure. And if you just, if you haven't watched it, it's essentially about grieving. About someone yeah. trying to move on after his wife has died at a, at a young age. And, and yeah. yeah, Ricky's the star. And as you say, I mean, it, it's a drama and there are funny moments, but it, it's a drama. But he has that way yeah. of having you in stitches about something and then he'll just say something else and it'll break your heart in the, in the same yeah. moment. And that's a very talented, that's a very talented man right there.
1: I know. He's trying to come to grips with loss, and like, how? What do you? How do you go on with your life? Mm. And like, what? What should you do? And how you should you act? Like, are you owed anything? Like, should? Should you go out and be at one with the community, or you know, just? And it's just amazing. Like he, he's been quoted as saying, like, how many widowers have hit him up and just gone, dude? You just like <laughs> have hit everything on the head. Yeah. And I'm so appreciative of what you have done with this show man this is the you know what and it's so funny when you see like you compare reality tv which is so far from reality yeah you see something that he's written produced and starred in Mm. and it just is so brilliant and it it just you just take your hat off to that there's someone you know we work in in live tv but you see a production like that yep. it hits everything, that hits absolutely everything, and yep. he has done so much of it. You just take your hand off that. He's got it. Like I hope he wins some stuff for it because it's a great, a great product, and it, mm. it's just amazing. It has you has you going up and down. For yeah, it does a couple of hours. But yeah, I just it just it just. I don't know. For someone who's like an idol in terms of comedy, yeah, I'm just so proud that he can bust out stuff like this and really do a lot for the community in all over the world. Yeah, it, it's an interesting time for it to come out too. You know it's like a lot of people are sort of trying to deal with different things, and and that sort of puts things in perspective in terms of family and friends and and a lot of different things. But yeah, it was a great watch, and yeah. Smash it out, mate. It's a, It's definitely one not to
0: sit on the back burner. All right. Well, I'll do that, and we can uh, discuss some more. I'll let you know what I th- What I thought of it, but I am looking forward to it, and I, I have read a few just people's reactions more than storylines or anything, and much to very similar to what you're saying, just blown away, the range of emotions, the meaningfulness of it all, and uh, yeah. and yeah, the first season just literally just stopped me, and was just like, what is this? This is brilliant, and. Yeah. There's not a lot of comedians that will take that risk. Uh, I don't know if we talk, talked about it or not, but I remember watching an Adam Sandler film made after 9-11 and it was about, it was similar to Afterlife. It was about a guy getting over his wife dying in 9-11 and the guy was Adam Sandler and it was a drama, a film. And I don't think I've seen it. It's good. It's really good and it's, it's dark and it, these, 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 comedians that are able to do the drama thing as well just for me get an extra tick obviously it's not a requirement i mean i doubt very much our hero jerry seinfeld could do drama for example but yeah and he's the king but i really respect those that can do that as well just just to have that other side to your to your talent is just remarkable and ricky's written and directed and produced and done everything so it's it's yeah. uh, it's extraordinary and I, and I i'm a big fan a big fan more so because of this than his stand-up or whatever. His stand-up's great. And I love the fact he loves animals and yeah. that sort of stuff. But when he does things like this, he's he's drawing a line in the sand and saying, hey, this is what I can do, you know. So, yeah. great stuff. I did
1: I did something funny during watching it, Schnaz, and I don't know if other people do it with Netflix. So, basically, I uh, sat down on the Sunday night to watch it, got through three eps and fell asleep. Yeah. And then I uh, went to watch it on Monday and um, I just went, oh, I think I was up to episode oh, four. Oh, no. I went in and started watching season one, episode four. <laughs> and I was like, this is all familiar. <laughs> Mate, I've seen this before. Maybe I, didn't, maybe I did watch this and then looked and realized that I selected season one instead of season two. I have I done that. I actually it. did it with I, have Nar- done it. I did that with Narcos. Like I was like, Wait, isn't he dead?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Why is he man. back? I thought it was like a retrospective scene, and then realised I was a season behind. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, sometimes when you go a little too far, it can actually take you all the way back <laughs> when you try and watch it again. There's some little quirky things like in Netflix. I think we touched on it last week. Like, uh, are you sure you want to continue yeah. watching? Are you, like, you still is, watching? Yeah, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> are you still watching? Hey, hey, loser, are you still watching Netflix? <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Oh, it's so good. All right, Brooksy, I'm going anyway, to get man. out of here, my man. But uh, yeah, get out. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Yep. And uh, we'll talk again soon on the podcast. Just run through our socials if you'd be so kind.
1: No problem. So League Life NRL is our handle across Twitter facebook and the instagram uh i think schnaz your myspace page has just got shut down i've got an email so uh tom from myspace i think it was was like look guys um we're trying to cull down some of the websites during covid19 and unfortunately league life nrl is there you remember you could put the tracks on like you could put like your favorite songs at the time Yeah. yeah Your top, Marina, eight, top eight friends? Sam Shanazi. Yeah, top, top eight, eight friends. friends. Oh, that's all right. That was always who, a big thing. Who's who, in your who, friends? Who, who would be in your top eight friends now, Schnatz? Would they, Would you have any famous people in your top eight friends?
0: On our podcast or just in general?
1: No, you're at Sam Shanazi
0: at the oh, MySpace. Yeah, like I'd have some. Who would be your top eight friends? I'd have some famous people in there, famous to me. Uh, Chad Townsend? Chad would be in there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Chad's a rocker yeah. from way back.
1: Uh,. Bruce uh, Springsteen.
0: Yeah, I, I've hung out with Bruce Springsteen, so he's a friend. I'm calling him a friend. He'd be on there. That's yeah. probably the most famous, let's face it.
1: The, the owner of Shark Island Brewery.
0: There, there's a few of them, so I'd have to throw them all in. I'm oh, sorry. Like
1: five or six of them. <laughs> oh, there uh, you go. You're done. <laughs> You're done. And probably <laughs> right.
0: Andrew Voss, who sent me a text last week. Oh. He's a chatty. Te- he's a chatty texter, I'll tell you that. Chatty. You phone who this? No, no, just (laughs) a lot of back and forths from the boss man. Oh, good stuff. But he's a wonderful, I want to point out he's a wonderful human being. So in case you're wondering what he's like, he's a wonderful human being. Well, yeah, so yeah, that's it.
1: Uh, iTunes and Spotify.
0: Let's work on the endings to our podcast. That's all right.
1: This is exactly exactly (laughs) what we want. And that's exactly what our four fans need. There's more than four.
0: I see them. There's more than four. (laughs) ah nice alright I will talk to you soon I will see you see you later yep.
1: Marcus bye for now Shnoz.